What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Namaste podcast. So today on the podcast, I have Katie Zapiri. What's going on, girl? Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. So Katie, guys, is the founder of Girl Talk Empowerment. So I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast yet, but I actually helped out a little bit at the beginning stages of Girl Talk. So I'm very excited to have her here. She's also a speaker on two TED Talks, which is really cool, and a panel on News Talk 1010. Girl, what don't you do? That's so exciting. Oh, that's awesome. Now I'm part of the Namaslayer community. Yes, you are. Is that what you call your, uh, what do you call your community? Um, you know, I didn't have a name yet, but I, I like, like that. that. I, I, I'm feeling it. The Namaslay girls. That, uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Could you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Just a little bit more in detail for all of my new well, viewers. Yes, we, we go a little bit back, uh, mm. you and I, and as you mentioned, you were a big help in kind of getting Girl Talk Empowerment, which is a big part of what I do off the ground. Uh, So back in 2013, we held the very first Girl Talk Empowerment Day event. And this was out in Oshawa. And um, we had this mission of helping girls ages 11 to 18 become leaders. And we wanted them to overcome self-esteem, body image challenges, and realize that what's most important about them is the impact that they make on mm-hmm. the lives of those around them. So Certainly. since that first event in 2013, um, we've been able to grow and expand. We have an annual Girl Talk Day. This past year, it took place at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. We had 1,100 girls there awesome. um, coming together from all across Southern Ontario. It's really amazing. So Girl Talk Empowerment is a big part of what I do. I'm out speaking a lot at schools. I wrote a book called Girl Talk, um, get to do some book tour stuff related to that um i get to be a guest contributor on news talk 1010 and speak about girl women youth issues very important to me and i also run an event management company so um that's right yes i do some planning for uh, particularly shopping centers it tends to be like a corporate client and if they have a charitable focus to an event that they're running they can secure our services so whether it's event planning PR brand ambassadors right I remember you saying that you really loved event planning uh, a couple years ago when we first met so that's really cool so when did you start that was that last year this year the event planning sort of naturally kind of came from doing brand ambassador work which I also know you from yeah Uh, doing some promo staff work for companies and kind of just being like the flyer girl or Mm -hmm. you know the booth girl kind of handing out uh, handing out information about a company so it it kind of got its roots from there and and from that experience I made some really good connections with a few companies so I'd say probably over the last two to three years um MYM make your mark event management was born awesome yeah that's so funny I just got a major flashback do you remember the event that we did when we met Oh gosh, was we, that L'Oreal? Or, or no, it was John Frieda. No. no. Oh yeah. Well, that, well, briefly we, we met. We only briefly for met like there. A sec- yeah. We briefly met on that one, but no, I met, I the, the one where we really connected, we were handing out candy apples to people oh. <laughs> on the <laughs> streets. We, we got to, it was really cool guys. We got to go on this, I, I, it, was, it was like a bus, I think, or, uh-huh. or no, we drove around the car, but we there was a car. bus that came with us and it was just filled with special candy apples that we were, we would go to different people at all these different malls and just hand out randomly. And it was pretty fun. That and we, was for Von Mills shopping center right they became one of yes. our clients that's right oh so that's right that's a small small world <laughs> yes and I actually I did I did know that because I remember you posting on Instagram about pink shirt day that's right can you talk about that yes yeah. so uh one of the partnerships that came with Vaughn Mills was they had this pink shirt campaign which is something that takes place in February and okay. it's a day to get schools workplaces mainly across Canada it's now starting to expand uh to wear pink in memory of a grade nine boy who was bullied in East Canada for wearing a pink shirt. And two older boys had watched this happen. I love that it was boys, by the way. I always say this when I'm talking to the kids. (laughs) Oftentimes, I think the guys are like, oh, you know, this is just a girl thing to stand up against bullying. But no, it's awesome to see guys doing this. That's great. So two grade 11 saw a grade nine boy being bullied because he was wearing pink. They didn't do nothing about it. They decided, you know what, I am going to do something. So they went home that night. They went to their local, like, Value Village or Goodwill and purchased 50 pink Mm T-shirts, brought them to school the next day, handed them out to all the guys in their class. And it was such a powerful statement of we're not going to tolerate bullying here. And I just think that's beautiful. And from that, we got this pink shirt day initiative that happens every February. That's awesome. I'm actually a huge pink person. As you can see, two pink pink purses right there (laughs) and a pink sweater. I'm constantly wearing pink. And so recently I I made my boyfriend start wearing pink. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks really good on him. I think a lot more guys should wear pink. Pink's a great color. It's a great color. You're wearing pink as we speak. (laughs) We'll take a picture so everyone can see. 
I love it. That's so awesome. I also wanted to tell everyone going back to Girl Talk Empowerment that um, I, just before we started the podcast, I was telling Katie that when we met, I was actually going through a really rough time. And um, I've been wanting to say to you that, you know, just being a part of that day, I was so uplifted and just I, I was motivated to just literally be my own leader and that's where I started Just Love by Melissa and it it's it never it was just a blog and it was never really anything it didn't become you know a business or whatnot but because of Girl Talk I was I had them the I felt empowered enough to create it and it was something that a way that I could express myself and in terms of so I don't know if you know anything about Just Love I don't know if I ever told you about it but it was just basically a blog about discovering different ways of self-improvement and so when I would just read a lot of like self-help books because I worked at chapters at the time and we also yeah, had that in common yeah oh that's right we both that's worked, right. worked for, at Kohl's yeah. yeah oh I love it for all of our, my American listeners out there um chapters and Kohl's and Indigo is all the same company in Canada I don't know why they didn't change the names <laughs> but whatever but yeah so we worked the same I forgot about that yeah oh, we have yeah. a couple different points of connection that's right but that's what that's what it's about and you hit yeah. the nail on the head it's about yeah. self-improvement because I think and and we all have our own unique journey of coming to this point we were just talking about it I think so often you know I'm doing a lot of work with high school students and and elementary school students but there's something to be said for the 20-somethings yeah the 20-something time period is very challenging for its own reasons yeah Um, it's very very and I think each each decade of your life brings new challenges uh, and it's really important to kind of like talk through them be open and honest and vulnerable through them and I think especially as a millennial uh, there was an additional amount of pressure that sort of came our way about being to a certain place at a certain time in our lives Mm. and so many different factors the job market completely changed many of us who went to school for one thing you know maybe there's not those jobs available anymore or it's become more digitalized or whatever it might be and then on top of that housing prices prices and trying to find places to live like all of these different compounding factors has made it really complicated for 20-somethings to get their their life up and and off the ground and so that can bring a lot of negative self-esteem and we all go through our own different version of that. So I think Mm -hmm. it's all about self-improvement and you realize Mm -hmm. that you're never going to be the ideal perfect person because that does not exist. And it's really about, okay, am I a better person today? Am I taking steps towards becoming a better person each and every day um, as opposed to comparing myself to somebody else? For sure. And I've talked about this in a previous episode about how, you know, obviously social media and Instagram doesn't make it easy. If you're scrolling through and you're just comparing yourself, you know, you can get into a habit of just comparing yourself by scrolling through every single day. So we just, we live in a completely different world than our parents did, you know? So, uh, yeah. Very so there's some tips with yeah. this, right? Yeah, this yeah, this social yeah. media game is, is, you know what? It can definitely, it's, it's had so many positive effects on um, my business and what I'm doing, but it's also yeah. can come with a lot of negative effects. And right. the more girls and women in particular that I speak to, mm-hmm. the more I hear the same thing again and again. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're doing it to each other. We're posting all of our best images at our totally. best angles yeah. and letting everybody else feel bad while we're feeling bad from their best image. It's just mm-hmm. becoming kind of like this negative sort of thing. So what I'm really liking is you get to pick who you follow. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, Don't feel like you have to follow everybody out there. You really get to choose what you want to see in your feed and you should be extremely choosy about that. You should be very selective in who you follow because what you follow, what you look at is what you think about. And then what you think about becomes what you focus on and what you focus on becomes your priorities and that becomes action. And it's like, it happens if you start focusing on purses. Okay. Yeah. You start following all the really, really expensive, trendy, fashionable, and hey, like who doesn't like fashion? I like fashion. (laughs) You can start following all these trendy bags. But again, every time you go on Instagram, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see all these girls rocking these really expensive bags all over the world. And you're going to start to go, okay, that's what I'm thinking about. What are the sales? You know, start to look. That's what you're going to be focusing on. That's what you're going to want to buy. And it becomes kind of this cycle of, I need a purse. I need a purse. I need more purses. I need this expensive. So you you do have a bit of control over what you focus on. Right. And that's basically by choosing who you want to follow, what you want to support and why. And you got to have a balance. Like I have some people I follow, I love for their fashion sense. Yeah. Um, I have some people that I follow because I think that they're most inspiring people one of them 
Amy Purdy. She was on Dancing with the Stars. She, at the age of 19, um, got some sort of illness and had to have both of her legs beneath the knee removed. What? And she went from that to becoming an Olympic snowboarder. She came second on Dancing with the Stars. This girl is gorgeous, so inspiring. And I love seeing her go out and live her best life. It's like, to me, when I look at her stuff, it's not negative. It's you go girl. And I want to, I want to be inspired to be just like you, you know, and, and do my own thing. So choose wisely. Yeah. Oh, that's great advice. I always say take a social media vacation. Sometimes I just throw my phone away. If if you ever can't handle it, I think like then you do that. But that's first and foremost, you're right. You should just make sure that you're choosing really positive people. Like that's, you know, I do think sometimes people, um, you know, you, you might have all your friends that you follow and then they might not. Some, some of them in the friend group might not necessarily be completely positive and in line but you don't want to hurt their feelings by unfollowing them so um i don't know if did you hear that instagram has the mute notification now you can like mute people so i could see that if someone if if you're really being bothered then you can always do that these you days can do right that. so yeah you can choose for sure i love that that's great <laughs> advice I and then there's it. the algorithm right so what yep. you like you'll see more of mm-hmm. and what you don't like you won't see as much right. so you thumbs up what you're enjoying you give that double tap to what you really like and what yeah. you want to see and you don't for the things that you don't want to see. Well, that's awesome. Cool. Well, um, one of the first things I wanted to ask you is, man, you do so much. Do you ever get burnt out by doing all these projects? And holy moly. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I don't, I always feel like I do a lot. But when I hear you talk, I'm like, I don't do that much, it feels like. so. No, no, you do a lot. <laughs> okay, you just gave me the office tour. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the shows are actually, you know what? Yeah, I, I sometimes I don't cut myself enough slack because I do three shows a day and you have to have so much energy for these shows because also, and people don't realize it until they come in and watch you doing the show and then they go, oh, you're working hard because on camera it doesn't translate how much energy I give towards it. And so, yeah, at the like when you finish, you're exhausted, you know. So I, I do every every so often. Someone reminds me, say, Melissa, cut yourself some slack. Like, oh yeah, it's hard. I completely relate so. to that. Just even speaking, because yeah. some days it'll be like you have one speaking event, right? right? And people can be like, oh okay, like what is that? There's so much preparation that goes into that. Yeah. Even if it's not memorizing lines, which like now for the most part, like I kind of have some points, and if I just kind of work on my my. PowerPoint, I'm usually ready to go. Um, but of course, like in terms of like getting your stuff together, uh, right. making sure that you're on time, um, you know, sometimes you have to travel quite a bit to get there. Right. And then when you're there, just as you were saying, yeah. you're giving 200% of your energy. Oh, yeah. It's like putting it, like you almost feel like collapsing sometimes after yeah. you're done talking or after yeah. you're done hosting because yeah. you, you've just put out so much energy. Oh, yeah. I have I have moments. So there's different segments in my show where I get to breathe for a couple seconds. And I have moments where I'm like, I don't know if I can continue you right now I'm just so exhausted this is where it ends <laughs> well I've been <laughs> I've been doing it for a year and a half now and just some days because it's very repetitive right similar some days you're just so burnt out and just because yeah it's just it, it's it's definitely difficult so I love that you can relate to me on that but so do you have any tips of what you do when you when you've felt that way or do you have a situation you could tell us of when you might have uh felt really burnt out. Yeah, I think um, actually this past uh, November, I had what I would consider to be a breakdown of sorts in terms of too many things all at once happening right? and needing to just stop. Uh, so I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying with social media breaks. Life should also have a flow to it. I always Certainly. say like you can you can be on and you can be pushing and you can be working super hard towards a goal. Like I'm certainly one of those people just like you. I'm ambitious. There's lots of things that I want to do and that's okay, Mm -hmm. but you can't always be at 100. Yeah. You have to have times where you can go down and be 50, 40, 30 in terms of energy level where you can just shut off. Um, Not always feel like you have to be up and on and checking. So I think that period of my, my life was really, really, really 100 in so many different areas. And I just realized like, I really need a break from this. Like right now my scheduling and that is sort of running me as opposed to me having like a say and control over what yeah, I'm doing. I see. So I have tried and it's, it's an ongoing battle. I'm not perfect at it, but, yeah. um, I'm trying to build in those 30, you know, levels in terms of like crashing, being more relaxed, actually being present when you're with family, when you're with friends. Oh Yeah. 
Certainly. Like I actually, every entrepreneur that I know, it's so hard for them to part with their phones because their whole business is on their phone. So I can, I, and I, I just know about them telling me that they struggle with being present because they're just constantly thinking about the next task that they got to get done. Is that, is that how you are? Is that, or for sure. Yeah. Um, and like sometimes like it's just about, even when you're feeling kind of overwhelmed and your yeah. brain starts going like ahead, 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 ahead. And you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I gotta think about this. You just right back to where am I right now? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing right now? What, yeah. what, what should I be focusing on sort of in this moment? And that mindfulness practice, I used to roll my eyes at, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I used to think like, well, I don't need this. Um, <laughs> but I really see the value of having that, that healthy balance yeah. and making those, those opportunities to get away, whether it's a day trip, um, spending time with the people that you love, reaching out to friends, reaching out to family. You can't always be pushing 100 at your business. And the other side of that is, you realize when you do crash, like I was mentioning, it was kind of a crash period for me. Like right. I didn't want to leave the, the house for a while. I realize, and you know this, but it's kind of a reminder, your business doesn't hug you at night, hmm. right? Like any of this stuff that you're trying to achieve, yes. it doesn't, it's not there for you in right. the good times and it's not there for you in the bad times. It's people, it's your family, it's your friends, it's your faith. It's all of those things that really get you through the pain and suffering that comes with life. Yeah. And also even to share those joyous moments. Like what's the point of doing any of this if you don't have people to share it with? For sure. Yeah. That's, that's you. People are usually motivated by helping their families. I, I hear that a lot of entrepreneurs, that's their main motivation is they're doing everything for their family or their future family. I'm curious though, what are you motivated by? I think, yeah, I, I, I love the idea of supporting, supporting family yeah. and it might not even be just in a financial sense. Like I feel like one of the, um, sort of roles that I just naturally took as the eldest of three children in my family was like, I'm, I'm the planner. I'm the person who always wants to make plans for family to get together, to go on adventures. Like right now I kind of have it in my mind. Um, my nonna on my dad's side is 87. Uh, I would love to see Italy with her, with our family and have her take us back to like where she grew up. Oh yeah, for sure. And then my grandma wants to see Spain. It's been like a lifelong dream. So like I have it in me, like at some point I want to go see Spain with my grandma and I want her to like take me through that experience so I think it's really about creating moments and memories that like stay with you forever so Mm. if there's a way that I can continue to like support grow encourage my my family and my friends to succeed and thrive and then also from a faith point I'm a Christian and I really believe the message of being the light in the world I think there's a lot of darkness and I think we need to see more love yeah, I, that's amazing. Honestly, I was going to ask you because Namaste is all, I honestly started the podcast because I'm interested in people's spiritual journeys that get them to where they are. And uh, I know that faith plays like a huge part in, in your journey. Could you maybe tell me how it has helped you along the way? So I was raised Christian. My yeah. parents were believers and, you know, we went to church. We weren't every Sunday church people, but we would yeah. go. And um, it's hard to make it every Sunday, especially <laughs> when you have kids, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to be Catholic and I my mom would try to do it as much as possible, take us to church. But, you know, it's 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 hard for sure. Yeah. yeah. So like I was definitely surrounded and raised with certain values, but I think It was as I sort of started approaching adolescence, really the end of my teen years and just before I really met my boyfriend, Sean, um, and I was kind of just going through a searching period of, I I know how I've been raised, but I want to have an understanding of my faith for myself and I want to be inspired. And Sean was Catholic. I'm a non-denominational Christian. It really doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. (laughs) It's all Christianity. Um, But at that time it was like, okay, I want to understand more about his background and what he's coming through. Does he still follow Um, it? Yeah, Yeah, he's a practicing Catholic. And it was like, you know, if and we hope to um, have our future together, that we would, you know, raise a family that would be Catholic. And and I just wanted to be comfortable with the faith. So in learning about him, I... I delved into exploring my own, um, Mm. my own beliefs and, Mm. and we talked about issues and I brought it to my family and I would start having like really interesting discussions about just moral points, morals and values. Mm -hmm. And it led me closer and closer and closer to, uh, sort of my faith. And there's also a quote that I heard like during some really, um, challenging periods. And it was like, you'll never know that you need God until um, you realize kind of like how helpless you you are in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you go from a place of always feeling like you're so in control and then you'll have those moments that knock you off your feet and you realize, hey, you know what? 
I don't have full control over my life. There's so much that is left um, to faith. And so it's about sort of surrendering and Mm -hmm. also trusting and having um, like a prayerful heart in everything that you do. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's very interesting because I've had many different people from different religions actually so far that I've, that I've talked to. And honestly, the constant thing everyone says is going with the flow, sp- spreading love, pretty much everything that you're saying. So it's just so interesting because I just I see the connection between every religion. I think the bottom line, everyone wants to spread some love and, and, the, and going with the flow and just letting life happen and sort of just trusting, leaving your faith up to whomever you believe in. Yes. You know? Yeah, I love it. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was I was watching a video with you on YouTube and someone was interviewing you about Pink Shirt Day. And I'm just going to quote you because I really love what you were talking about. You said, home used to be a safe place where kids could go home and they could relax. But now, because of social media and how the world is, their label doesn't really disappear when they go home. And uh, because of that, they're they're constantly connected. So kids aren't really getting a break anymore. And I was sitting there listening and I think it's not just kids. I think everybody. And I don't know. You've you've definitely felt it because I've I've I think everybody has felt it. And you just you, you you can't really escape how everybody thinks of you. And you go home and you're scrolling on Instagram and whatnot. Yeah. So like. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> Labels are powerful. They are. Yeah. Labels are so powerful and it does start at a young age and kids, you know, you're the cool kid or, you know, you're labeled as the uncool kid or the band geek or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's actually a lot of research that supports that your identity is is formed yeah. so much at that time. And a lot of people can really take those labels to heart. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm being completely honest, I would not be doing what I was doing today if I wasn't labeled as kind of like an outcast person from my friend group. I wouldn't yeah. be because I wouldn't have thought about things the way that I do. Right. Um, and so it, it sticks with you. Labels are something mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, other people put them on you. Uh, you do get to choose what you allow to stick. And I, I sure. do a number of workshops with girls to kind of help them see about how they can remove those labels. But certainly they leave scars and there's yeah. like a really powerful demonstration. If you take like a blank piece of paper and, um, just imagine like negative words or phrases that people have said to you. And I'll do this with the, with the students and, you know, you kind of write them all out and all over and you fill up the page and then you crumple it. And that's essentially like what's happening to you on the inside when you're starting to hear negative things again and again, you're like crumbling on the inside. Mm. It's hurting you. It's hard. And then you try and piece it back together you try and flatten it out and make it smooth and it'll never be fully smooth it's always going to have some creases and crinkles in that paper after oh you've wow broken it yeah up. and it's it's very similar to how we all are and mm. as much as we can move on and grow and forgive there's things that leave scars sure. so uh yes labels are something that affect adults too and mm. we can start to feel like oh well I'm not good enough in this area or I'm not pretty enough or smart enough or talented enough and um I don't fit in this group so I must be in this group and it's a natural thing for for us all as humans to compare and to try and put ourselves into a different uh, category and trying to see where we are in the world. But that can be extremely damaging too. Sure. Um, when I always say, and I think this is super important, especially in the day and age that we're in, when you are spending more of your time looking at other people's lives than you are working on your own goals and talents, that's when you know that you have an imbalance. Um, Mm. That's when you know that you're off because if you're doing you, (laughs) I always say this, the best thing, uh, best way to get over FOMO, the fear of missing out is to DY do you. Okay. FOMO. I love that. I've never heard that before. (laughs) You've never heard FOMO. People are saying that that is the problem of our generations. We always feel like we're missing out. That is Somebody else is living a better life. I would go and hang out, hang out, hanging out. I would go and hang out with um, so many of my groups of friends like growing up throughout the years. And a lot of the time the drive would be because I would fear of missing out if I didn't go. But I struggle with a lot of social anxiety. And so often like I just that, that there was also that balance of, oh, it, I should just go because I need to get over that. But also I'm a bit of a homebody, too. And I just like watching my movies and eating popcorn by myself, you know. And but often I would just go and then I would be annoyed afterwards because I would realize, oh, well, I didn't have to go. I wouldn't have really missed out on much, right. you know, but there's some kind of like an illusion that you will miss out if you don't go. And, um, yeah, interesting. Sorry. What was the other one? That you so D Y do you, do that's you. the best yeah. way to it. overcome it yeah, is for sure. if you're 
living your best life. If you're actually working on pursuing your goals, like you were just telling me, you've always wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. You just started to do it. You must feel amazing doing it. Oh yeah. And it's probably not, you know, exactly when you thought you'd be doing it or, you know, you're hoping to move to life or you're hoping to do all these things. You still have so much room to grow. That is life, but you're doing it. Yeah. So you're like leagues ahead of anybody who's just thinking about doing it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so we have to all make a point of taking action on the things that we want to do. If you wake up every day and not every day is going to be perfect, but if you wake up every day and you feel like you're taking some step towards your goal, Mm -hmm. goals, we all have them for different areas of our life. You go to the gym, you know, you're trying to eat healthy. um, You're sending that email that you really need to send for an opportunity. You're making that phone Mm -hmm. call or whatever it is. If you do that a little bit every day, you will feel better about yourself. Yeah more fulfilled because you're actually working on the things that you want to do. So it doesn't bother you so much when other people are succeeding in their lanes because you're in your own lane and you're doing your own thing. Sure. Yeah. I talked about this with someone about, you know, the, the expression, the struggle is real. And a lot of people, um, don't understand that struggling actually is a part of life and that when you come to terms with that and realize it, then you might there you might find a little bit of joy in pushing yourself to do things because actually when you struggle a little you end up being happier with yourself when you push yourself to do something you feel so much better afterwards and yet so true like so I can just reflect on so many past um, circumstances where I just would feel really crappy about myself and I'd be looking at everybody else and what they're doing and then I push myself to work on my goals and then I you don't you don't even remember them you forget all about it because you're proud of yourself that's right yeah yeah so that's yeah that's so true yeah do you I like it do you (laughs) (laughs) D-Y D-Y I don't know the kids like it you made that up (laughs) I did okay I was gonna say I'm like I never heard that one FOMO sounds like I might have heard that before or maybe forgot that one's a thing it's that a one's thing. a thing. Okay, cool. Sometimes I'm a little behind on what the kids are talking about these days. <laughs> Feeling a little old these days. <laughs> Don't say these things, Melissa. Yeah, no, no, I'm definitely not old. <laughs> Can we talk about this? What's in your hand? The con- what, what? What is that? So Fashionably kind concert. It's so funny that you brought up the pink shirt day because I'm yeah. fanning myself currently in your studio <laughs> yeah. with a flyer from a concert that we held um, in February for pink shirt day. Oh, so that's, that's the kind of events that we will produce is sort of taking a concept and helping bring it to life. So this was like, okay, we want to do something for Pink Shirt Day, like pitch us something. Yeah. And it was like, why don't we do a concert? Why don't we bring in some super talented YouTubers, performers? We had performers from CTV's The Launch Winners uh, there and performing live, acoustic, really motivational sort of event cool. at the shopping center, bringing together a couple hundred people. Um, we did a, a media tour for it. That's the kind of stuff that really gets me excited. I love event yeah. planning. I love speaking. How can I yeah. like mesh these together? You love together? motivating young I girls. Do. I love it. It's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I this is why I started this podcast because there just needs to be more positive talk out there. There needs to be more positive events. They're just, I just love what you're doing. I think it's so awesome. You know, like I said, when I met you, I was going through a weird time in my life and you were like you were just exactly where I want to be. And that's why I needed to surround myself with you. Cause it's like, okay, you're a reflection of, I, I want to be speaking. And honestly, even to this day, like, even though I host the game show and there's a lot of improv involved with that, I, you know, one of my labels that I've always struggled with is being unintelligent. And it's just, I, I don't know when, when I had developed that. And I know that this just, it's just not true, but people do, per, there's perception too, because I'm very happy go lucky. So yeah, I struggled with that label and dealing with it. And so one of the reasons why I started Namaste is because I want to get over feeling that way. And this struggle comes through with speaking and having a hard time speaking because I just feel I'm not that intelligent. So one of the ways that I pushed myself is by creating this podcast because it forces me to speak every single day and just deal with this little belief that's just not true and just allow myself to, you know, just, just be me and stop judging myself and you know so we can all be like our super tough critics and I also know that you have like an acting background yeah so that's also part of it um sure when you aren't maybe performing at what you believe is like your highest level or something Mm -hmm. you can be like a little bit more critical of yourself and I can relate to that Mm -hmm. just 
being a speaker, you're, you kind of have that same mentality yeah. of you can be very self-critical yeah, and, um, and feeling that way about, you know, intelligence. I think we all have, <laughs> we all have scenarios and moments where we can certainly feel like we're not as smart as everybody else in the room. Do you feel that way? I because do. I think you are so intelligent, girl. Oh my gosh. You have those Melissa, moments. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. There'll be some rooms where you go in and you're just like, I know nothing. <laughs> well, you know Everybody what? in this room knows way more than I do. See, in that point right there, is what I constantly tell myself because you know what? There's no way to measure intelligence. There's so many different subjects in the world. You can't know everything. So, you know, there's no way of measuring it. So just see, we all need to just be easy on ourselves. And everybody you know, has yeah. their strength yeah, and like just exactly. embracing like, and, and I think like not being afraid to say like, I actually don't know what you're referring to. Yeah. Would you mind explaining that to me? Yeah. You know, that's the only way that you're going to learn is sure. actually getting people to you know, if there's an acronym that somebody's using or sometimes like I'll be in these meetings or things I'm like, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Would you mind explaining that to me? And it's like, that's great. It's always so much better to do that than to just Mm -hmm. be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And never actually learn what they're talking about. Right. You miss out on a learning opportunity. Wow. You know what? I'm, I need to start doing that. Yeah. Cause actually because of this belief that I struggle with, sometimes I will just nod my head and and I'll be nervous. Yeah. But actually I, I would think reflecting on the situation that the person that nods their head and doesn't know what the person, the other person's talking about, that would be the one that that would actually come across as unintelligent. That's exactly right. Yeah. Interesting. I love that. I'm going to start doing that. Well, I mean, a lot of it too is just learning to speak your truth. And that's something that I think I'm, I'm really working on. This is sort of my, my goal for this year is just letting myself speak my truth. And that also comes hand in hand with this podcast and just, you know, just talking to people and trying to just be my open self because yeah, because of acting, you develop many different faces and uh, it's hard to separate yourself from that. Yes. So, and knowing what you don't know, that's the big thing. It's kind of like that. Why we ask when we don't know something, it's like being comfortable enough to say like, Hey, I don't know about this topic. I'm not familiar in the subject. Like that is, I think a true form of intelligence is when people know what they don't know and aren't afraid to, to be learning. Like we should always be learning. We will, we could learn our entire lives and still not know and understand everything. And like the more that you learn, the more that you realize there's so much more to learn. So it's not being afraid to like, just ask and that's how you're going to learn. And the next time you'll know, and just kind of having the confidence to sort of own not knowing and being willing and open to learning yeah I love that yeah for sure where I can just picture were you the kid that would ask a question all, all the time in, in yeah, class because like, I admired that kid because I was the one <laughs> sitting why? wanting Explain to ask to questions me. and and just never having the confidence to do that and I just love that I was like oh I wish I had that confidence yeah there was uh, one girl in elementary school name was Lena and I just she I honestly she would always get like a pluses on like everything and because she would always ask questions and I think that's so important I love that you said that because that's such a good reminder for me <laughs> ask questions yeah it's a good tip yeah it, it's a great tip you're an awesome girl I'm so oh. glad that you're here <laughs> namaste namaste <laughs> I love it all right well um going back to our uh, history at the bookstore chapters Coles Indigo I'm just curious could you um tell us maybe about a book that really inspired you along your journey yes ongoing books and books to speak that be books that speak to different things and different aspects of life sure yeah. audiobooks are becoming <gasps> a very big My trend audible is a great app i'm not sure what you use oh i use audible yes. girl i have recently i just actually bought another book last night because i have five credits unused and i don't know how i let it get so out of hand but they gave me a notification be like if you don't use the credit you're gonna lose one and i was like oh my god so <laughs> it's great it's like great honestly app. for anybody who hasn't tried audible it's something that you can listen to when you're commuting like I drive but even if I'm taking if you're taking public transit um you know any time where you kind of have like space you're waiting you're instead of just like flipping open Instagram which guilty we can all be sure, you know yeah. quick to do that definitely why not take time to learn something why yeah. not take time to expand your mind right so uh audible anyway that's my that's my promo for that a recent <laughs> book that I have read that has been great is a business book and it's called the 10x rule it's by grant cardone and he is like this american he's got that accent and he's full of passion and you can just tell like he reads the book so it just sounds like he's just talking in your ear like this motivational pep talk and i love it um but his his sort of thesis is that if you apply 10 times the energy and effort in every aspect of your life, that's what's going to actually produce extraordinary results. If you just do 
basic levels of effort, you're going to get ordinary results if you add like 10 times the effort. And you just pick that number as sort of like a sense of like, okay, how much do I need to be including? And I love that it's not just about business. Like it definitely is. He's super successful in marketing and sales, runs a number of companies. He's been on TV. He's hosted, done all this stuff. But he also talks about like in life, he's like, like I want to have an extraordinary marriage. I don't want to just have an ordinary marriage. But in order to have that, you have to put in 10 times effort. Like you can't just like let little things go. And if something's bothering you, just decide, oh, you know, I don't want the effort of saying something. It's like, no, you need to have that um, sense of, hey, I want this to be extraordinary. So I'm going to go out of my way to do the little extra. Even when I'm feeling tired, even when I'm feeling lazy, even when I'm, you know, just want to kind of do my own thing, like putting other people's needs before my own um, and having that sense. Like in a relationship, you need to do that, right? In order for it to to be successful. And then from a business perspective, um, instead of sitting back and waiting, why not be reaching out and creating those opportunities for yourself? So many people want to know why an opportunity hasn't fallen on their lap. And it does not fall on your lap until you put in the effort, until you start taking some form of action. If you send out 20 job um, applications, you're going to hear something back. Yeah, the numbers um, of the odds are the you're odds going are. You're to get hear, like yes. maybe one or two even. You might get 10, you might get 20, all 20, but That's like right. the odds are at least you'll get one or two. But you yeah. know for sure if you send nothing, yeah. you're going to get, get nothing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. Wow, that sounds like a great book. That's wanna, a good book. I'm going to, I'm probably going to download it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my credits is going towards that, I think. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Audible's so awesome. And that's actually one of the things that I really like about it is when the authors read their own books because you get to like hear too. a little bit more than if it was some random person because they're not as passionate about it, of course, because it's, you know, it's their own book, right? Yes. Cool. That sounds like a really good one. Yes. I might have to get that one, actually. What are you reading that you like? Um, ooh. I'm just opening the app, guys, because actually I can't remember right now. Uh, well, last night I just downloaded a book. It's called Hands of Light. Hmm. It's very interesting. It's by this woman called Barbara Ann Brennan. And I literally just started it. But do you know anything about the art of Reiki, like energy healing? I've heard. I'm very interested in it. And I essentially, from what I gather, that's what this book is about and about um just like you know positive thinking that leads to healing of different diseases and whatnot so I just heard a lot of people recommend it to me thought I might be interested so I just got that last night cool um and then I'm also I I just finished uh, do you know the university professor Jordan Pearson I do I just finished 12 rules for life I just finished that recently too shut up yes okay let's talk about that one yeah Um, I'm very intrigued by him I feel he's very interesting I actually saw him live a couple months ago someone had an extra ticket and brought me along at Roy Thompson Hall so thankful no I saw him at it was near the exhibition or in the exhibition area you saw him at Roy Thompson I I didn't my boyfriend did Sean did okay yeah so let's talk about it what did you think about it I thought it was Great 12 was a life I had heard a lot about it it's getting a lot of buzz and it's yeah. weird how I actually mentioned that I was reading it to someone on a plane and it didn't get the best response so I think yeah. he can be a bit Depends. of a controversial Ooh, yeah. figure but again I think there's something to be said about reading things that challenge um, maybe your own beliefs like sure. that's yeah. another we're talking about intelligence here it's it's also being willing to read another perspective and hear somebody else's perspective I think what's what's happening is especially in the world of algorithms we're constantly um, liking things and then we see more of what we like and it doesn't allow mm. us to see different perspectives and see what somebody Ooh, else yes, thinks definitely so yes uh, I knew that this book had some like controversial bit to it you know what I um, I think a lot of what he says makes sense I think um, it, some of his rules sound so simple, but the kind of depth that he goes into with the research that he pulls to explain different things. Like I think even like the chapter about parenting really stood out to me. Oh yes. And he like, kind of like one of the main points that I walked away with was, you know, part of your job as a parent is to make your kid likable Mm -hmm. because if people like your kid, they're respectful, they have good manners. Um, you know, they, they listen, um, to rules, then they're going to get better treatment. (laughs) Like the teacher likes the kid in society. Sure. The teacher of course is going to really like the kid who listens, behaves, you know, does their best. Like then they're going to get maybe more opportunities and then that leads to more opportunities. So anyway, that was kind of my, my top take on the book. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of mind-blowing moments, but I do every single time I listen to any of his talks. Going back to what you're saying about he's a bit of a controversial character, um, when I went and saw him live at that uh, event, somewhere at the CNE, I don't know exactly where it was, you know, I, I think the problem with him sometimes is that because he's so 
highly educated and he just speaks with such an ed- educated voice. And often I think people just misinterpreted misinterpret him because he because of the way that he speaks. And there was a moment in the theater when he was talking and people started cheering and they just completely misunderstood him. And what they were cheering for was just it, it, it was I don't know. It really hurt my heart because it was so clear that there was tons of misogynists in in the audience. And it was it was just a really weird moment where I thought, oh, man, I think he also he and sadly brings out people, you know, like people that have beliefs that I wouldn't really associate with. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And so, yeah, I think he's controversial only because of, yeah, because of that, I think people just misunderstand him. And when you really sit and like, if you don't understand what he's saying, like you have to Google some of these words. I don't know if you felt that way, but sometimes he just speaks so educatedly because and that's not even a word. <laughs> yeah, no, he does. He's, he's yeah. a very, acad- he's an academic. Academic is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. I've been he's just a professor. searching for that word. Yeah. Very academically. And so it can be hard to understand what he's saying. And so I think if you don't really, you know, try to ex- say, understand exactly Exactly what he's saying you must might misinterpret him just like I don't know if you saw the talk um, where he was talking to the BBC reporter yeah and often she just the way she was responding to him she just was misunderstanding what he was saying I completely agree yeah and so and uh, and I think she she got a lot of unfortunate backlash for it and people were really angry at her and I, I think I heard that she like didn't leave her house for a few days when that blew up which is really sad but I and and but I think that she was good representation of the problem I think that people are just misunderstanding him and they're just not really not understanding what he's saying so yeah, yeah. so um i felt found the book really hard to read personally for me no it's dense yeah it's it dense. Was dense it's a bit dry i would yep. say i feel bad saying that because i love him but it, it is a bit dry but it's just because there's just so much research I so that's fair. treat it like a textbook i think and you can get through it i really loved um the chapter about lobsters and comparing them and because so I can give you a little bit of a backstory on me that I've, because of this little belief of unintelligence, okay, <laughs> this is getting so in-depth, but I've always, I think my um, challenge usually with women, not necessarily men, with women in the past is that I I always get nervous that people think I'm unintelligent and therefore I just automatically act as like the weaker person and I don't necessarily take on the leadership role which I feel deep down is me so listening to that chapter about the lobsters and him sort of just comparing the way that they act towards how we could be in 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 our everyday life it just I really I don't know um sparked a lot of (laughs) lights in my brain and and kind of um helped me just sort of stand my ground and learn that if you just if you act like you're confident even if you aren't it goes a long way and people don't know any different. That is true. And everybody, everybody is just playing the part because nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody is just <laughs> trying to get through what this is, life. Like, no one really knows. Yes. There's no rule book, no guidebook on how to, you know, live the best life. It's very Everyone's true. Everyone's just trying to figure it out, We're right? all We're all trying to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, we are. I love animal memes to, like, summarize <laughs> life. And there's, yeah. like, all these pictures of, like, dogs, like, on the phone, like, looking professional. It's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and, like, we all have that. We all face that. So I think a big part of it is like just having, if you are confident with the fact that you don't know everything, Mm -hmm. that's putting you in a great position for success. Sure. Yeah. It's when you feel like you have to know everything and you don't, that you're putting yourself at a lower. Right. And that's the battle that I go, go back and forth with. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, and something that just happened in my childhood. And often I think that all these beliefs that we struggle with just stem from like some, some kind of hurt that we had as a child. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about the labels and the power that it goes back and scars that they leave. And I think like a scar, if I were to say like a label that was really left for me was I felt very unlikable for a very long time. Really? Because I thought that, you know, being somebody who was extroverted and somebody who was on all the teams and, you know, reading the morning announcements and doing all that stuff, I thought that that was, would make you likable. But Mm -hmm. where where I grew up, it wasn't. It was like we don't like the teacher's pet kind of girl who thinks she's better than everybody else. And we're going to have our own sort of circle. And like even having people go up to, you know, semi friends of mine and, um, ask them why they're, why they're friends with me, like trying to like turn them over and turn them away. It's like, it kind of reinforced this idea that I'm not a likable person. So I sort of left high school thinking, okay, well (laughs) you can try and be kind and you can try and be all these things and maybe people aren't just going to like you. So it's, that's been like an ongoing thing of like just having to wrestle with the idea that not everybody's going to like 
who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was obviously really concentrated in high school when it feels like those four walls determine everything about you. So sure. it's been sort of working through that. Yeah, I completely understand that uh, because I often felt like girls never liked me. It was specifically with girls because maybe because I just had a good relationship with my brother growing up, but I often would get along with guys. And also I played Pokemon and I feel like... I played Pokemon. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yeah. Yes, girl. High five to that. Well, because you know what? And because I, I would hang out with my brother and I would play all these games, I could relate to guys on, on some level. But with girls, I yeah, I just constantly felt like I was unliked because of whatever I was bullied as a kid. And like you same similar experience where I was constantly singing, acting and dancing and leaving school for those things. And so I think people just thought that I was better than them or I felt that I was better than them. And so I constantly just felt un- unlikable as well. So yeah, that's something that I, I too struggle with all the time is and specifically just with girls and feeling like oh like girls just love to hate me and I say that it feels that way yeah but that's not that's not isolated to you and me this idea of girl talk which is part of the reason why I chose the name by the way for what I'm doing Ah. it's always had a negative connotation sure I would never have thought that I would be leading a girl movement I really wouldn't because it's, as you said, it was girls who were hard, the, the hardest on each other. Yeah. It was girls who were putting down so many things about me and each other. And it was just like this ongoing cycle. So mm. um, I, I, I really just, I guess, speaking at schools to co-ed audiences and seeing the need. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do something that kind of fits this demographic. I think these girls need more positive role models. I think yeah. they need women speaking about topics that are intelligent and speaking about topics that are about love and kindness and Mm -hmm. honest stories about finding yourself and honest stories about, you know, finding your career path. So I wouldn't have thought that I would be doing this based on the experience that I have, but I now see that in the same way that you're using your experiences to kind of shape what you do for your career. Um, it, it leads you there in a really awesome, mysterious, beautiful way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm motivated to spread love to girls, boys, to a lot of younger kids. Like that's where I, I focus on, but mainly everybody, but I'm motivated from that because I, I think that is something that I would have loved as a kid. If I had someone who was doing that and telling me it's okay. And like, just, you know, spread kindness, whatnot. Yeah. So that's essentially similar. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I'm motivated by too. So cool. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Uh, Okay. Um, couple more questions. I just, in a lot of the interviews that I've watched, you have so many interviews, girl, on YouTube. I love it. So awesome. Um, you've really, your career is really inspiring, man. Thanks. <laughs> I was just going to say that a lot of the the ones that I've, I've watched, uh, you talk so much about loving your body and body image. And I was just wondering if you could maybe share a story that, you know, um, or maybe you're just your journey around this that, that makes you so passionate to talk about it. Body image is a big problem. Yeah. It's a big problem for guys and it's a really big problem for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Dove who did the study and they were saying like, you know, 90%, I think it was even higher than that of women have like, I hate my body moments every day. And you do it even subconsciously. You mm-hmm. don't even realize sometimes that you do it. You look in the mirror and I'm guilty of this. Yeah. You look for the flaws. Yeah. Okay, this I know this area is prone to blemishes. <laughs> you know, I know that this literally patch... <laughs> I was just thinking that and like this morning I was looking, I'm like, oh, I have a scar. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Or if there's a feature or part of your body and we all have them that, that sure. maybe make you a little bit insecure. Yeah. Um, you kind of just like zero in on that when you look at yourself and that's what you look at again and again and again. So mm-hmm. I do not have a perfect body image, um, self body image uh, and relationship, but it's something that like, I'm actively working on. And I think yeah. in the same way that I've learned that I feel best. And this is, I think, a big part of it is when you get that sense inside of you that you're feeling down, you're talking negatively to yourself in whatever situation, that's telling you something about, you know, something's not right. Right, like you're you're not balanced. You're not balanced. Something's not right. You need to adjust it. So in the same way that if I spend too much time on social media, I will feel bad about various things about myself. Um, If I spend uh, too much time kind of worrying or looking at other images of other people and comparing myself to that, like it can it can have a negative effect on on body image. So instead, dy do you and work out. Right. Mm-hmm. Pick a sport, pick a class, pick something that you love to do, do that. 
um, when you start to focus on like caring about what you're putting in your body and you don't have to be perfect all the time, a big part of body image is also being able to eat a cookie and feeling okay about eating a cookie. Sure. Like that's part of it too. I, you know, like there's people in my life who are like, Oh my gosh, like I feel so. And it's like, no, you can't do that to yourself. Like we all do, but you have to kind of get to the place where it's like, you know what? I'm going to work out really hard. I'm going to try and, and eat well majority of the time. But when I'm having that cookie, I'm going to enjoy that cookie. Yeah. That is self-love too. That took a while for me to get there, but now I'm there and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy those cookies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what it is. And but it's still always though off and on, right? Like it's always a constant, like you're working towards. I don't think everyone, anyone is like there a hundred percent of the time. That's it. Yeah. And sure. just realizing you're even bodybuilders. Yeah always have that 10% more that they want to be more sure. towards in that extra six pack muscle. Oh my God. My brother, he's not a bodybuilder, but he's massive. Okay. He's he just loves working out he, with weights and whatnot. And he, he's huge. And ever so often I'll catch him talking about, Oh yeah, well I lost a lot of weight and I need to be bigger. I'm like, dude, you are massive. And I don't know if you remember when you were a skinny little thing, but like there's no comparison and you look great, you know, be grateful like where you are right now, you know? So yeah, it's, so interesting but I think we're we all struggle with it we're all a little we but I feel good when I go for a run and then I go out and speak in an event that day I feel 10 times better than right because you did something because I did something yeah. for me so yeah. it's like other people can have their you know figures and everybody can do their thing but I'm working on mine right you know what I always say um having an emotional outlet when an emotion comes up finding an outlet that you can do to release that because yeah if you were feeling a little bit insecure about your body that day and you went for a run that would have helped you release it so you can continue with the day yes. right so yeah an emotional outlet I think is very important um, actually, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about is I noticed on Instagram that you're on a vegan journey. Vegetarian. Vegetarian? Yes. My oh, friend's okay. a vegan, but okay. I'm vegetarian. Are, are you aiming towards vegan? Is that, or like, cause you try, I, here and there, I see that you try I like recipes. to eat. I do like yes. to eat okay. vegan food, yes. but, um, but yeah, vegetarian. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm 90% vegan. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I would say I usually just say I'm vegetarian too, because I have friends that are vegan fully and they, you know, just to be respectful, you know, um, it's just, sometimes I find it a little bit hard to avoid cheese. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you know what? That's a big one for most people. Actually, I don't like cheese so that no, it's, it's chocolate for me. Okay. Yeah. Just being a little bit like I, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's 70%. There's like, like what? 5% milk and whatever. <laughs> like that's that's when I feel like I, I'm not as hard on myself for it, but I'm just interested on in, um were you always a vegetarian? I've been a vegetarian for well, over since ten years. I know you. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't I don't think I knew that about you. But yeah. I knew that you really were very active in, in terms of trying to be healthy. And um I remember one of the Girl Talk Empowerment days, there was a speaker that came to the event. Uh, she's Canadian writer. Joyous Health? Yes. 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 She was really inspiring. Yes. Now, I can't remember. The only thing I can't remember is whether she promoted vegetarianism, veganism. Was that her? Her book's all-inclusive. She okay. has recipes that are vegan. Okay. And she does have some recipes that have meat in it. Yes. I like okay. her a lot. That's yeah. another person to follow. Yeah. Uh, she's really cool. Yeah. Yes. I really like that. Okay, cool. Well, I was just intrigued on your journey into that. Is anyone else in a vegetarian in your family? Um... My sister and oh, okay. my mom, um, she doesn't eat a lot of meat. Sure. So, and she was always very passionate, like growing up in a house where, you know, mom makes beautiful dishes of food and so many different vegetables. It was pretty easy mm -hmm. because you're having all these other healthy options that you can kind of eat. But yeah. I, I wasn't a healthy vegetarian when I began. It really kind of as I got older and start to learn more about okay like making things for myself and really caring about your protein and and right. you, you have to make a conscious effort vegan even more so yeah you oh have to gosh. think through are you getting all your nutrients for sure uh actually just last week I was having the hardest time and then I realized oh I'm low in iron like it's you know like I ha you have to be careful and what you just said about being a healthy vegetarian is that I think it can be so easy to be very unhealthy as a ve vegetarian because I, I, I actually know a lot of vegetarians slash vegans that just aren't necessarily healthy oh yeah they just don't eat meat and so they're not getting all like so with meat the animals are eating the veggies so <laughs> at least like when you're eating 
eating it, you'd be getting the vitamins. But, but if you're not eating animals and you're not eating veggies, man, you're not getting no vitamins. No, you're, you can uh, basically be a carbaholic. Yeah. It's very easy to be one. Sure. Um, so that's where I began. Yeah, I see. <laughs> and uh, working towards like making conscious effort to get those vegetables in there. Wow. Um, I'm interested in, uh, in, oh man, I wish, I wish I knew you when you first started the journey as opposed to now because I personally became vegetarian just for health reasons, for my mental health because um, I just was experimenting. You knew that I deal with like social anxiety and depression and whatnot over the years. And so um, I, w- I had heard that a lot of people that became vegetarian slash vegans, they saw a difference in their anxiety and their depression going away. Interesting. And so I tried it and actually it, 100% helped me and I, I don't really struggle with depression anymore and I I do still get anxiety like social anxiety and a little bit of anxiety here and there it's quite normal nowadays but I yes. really I honestly don't really struggle with it anymore and when I when I feel it it's often because I've had a little bit of dairy or I'm, I'm, I'm also gluten-free. So, um, when I have gluten as well, so that I find very intriguing. So I was just, I was, um, interested in finding out of whether you did it for health reasons or whether you were maybe motivated for the animals or whatnot. Yeah. I think it was a yeah. combination. combination. I was younger. I was younger. I, I knew from a young age, my Nona had a farm. And so mm-hmm. we kind of got to see the death process, oh. you know, not, not graphically. That could be <laughs> but, detrimental. <laughs> yeah, no, but you would see the, the machine where the chickens were like like you you kind of got that sense and um like again I am not somebody who says that it's wrong to eat meat I think that's a very natural way of life and I think it makes a lot of sense I think I'm it's really about um the questions that I'd be asking today's culture is are we eating too much yes and what does the process and treatment look like for the animals and Mm. the quality of the meat that you actually end up getting that's really where I would go and sustainability environmental sustainability so um I have no problem cooking meat and there's people around me like Sean eats meat. So, you know, I'm happy to cook for him, but it's like about that mindfulness, like in all aspects of your life and like caring about the food that you put on your plate. So it sort of began from the farm experience with feeling for the animals. And it did really grow to, to mean all these other things for me as well. I'm also a big believer that you need to experiment for your own body. And I think everybody's body's different and what you need might be different. And I actually, I shouldn't say big believer, but it is a thought that I, I feel strongly about. I think po- quite possibly that some people might need meat and some people might not. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the proof is out there. I think there's too many different studies uh, out there that are confusing and you don't really know what's accurate and not these days, I think. So uh, I don't really know how I feel about anything. All I know is that I tried it and it worked for me and it made me feel better. So um, so I just, I'm a big believer that if you are someone that suffers with any kind of disease or anxiety or whatnot, like I would experiment with your diet. Maybe also have a naturopath or a, or a physician along with you while you're doing it. That's probably a safer route. I don't, I don't know why I but whatever <laughs> I ended up fine so it's all good <laughs> you're doing good <laughs> yeah I'm doing good so far <laughs> so uh but yeah I do, I do think that people should experiment so yeah I was just intrigued in your journey okay so final final question I just would like to finish this podcast asking about maybe a goal that you have for yourself that you can share with everybody and we can in a year be like hey Katie how's that goal going <laughs> wow okay um I have two I have two words and, and it's a great time because I sort of see back to school time as a new year. Yeah. Um, I'm like that too. A lot of people think January and I'm like, no, September is the new year for me. The new year. And it's added to it. The fact that we do so much work in school. So we kind of like have a different pacing over the summer. And then, um, so my, my two words for kind of going to this new school year, a new year is, (laughs) uh, growth and excel and sorry, not acceleration growth and automation. Okay. So how can I, um, create processes for some of the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis that mean that I don't have to take up as much time overthinking them. So for instance, social media as a business strategy, because okay. I not only have my personal page, but I'll have like our Girl Talk Empowerment page, and then I have our Make Your Marks event page. And it's like to be posting on those things yourself, just in the spur of the moment, you're taking out the joy and the moment of your day. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so how can I get that onto a schedule? Uh, there's a great app that uh, I'm not going to be using and like scheduling posts and making that all happen. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. That's a good idea, actually. Yes. Like take a d- one day out of your week and just schedule all schedule of them. It all. For- 
Cool. That's a cool idea. That takes away that, right? Yeah. So now you can focus your energies on other things and not be worrying about, oh my gosh, at this time I need to post. Yeah. Uh, so that's one big thing. But you're asking about a goal. So I would really like to see our 2019 Girl Talk Day in June um, have 3,000 girls. So we're like tripling the number. We're going from 1,100 this year. I would love to see 3,000 girls. I have a couple different venues in mind from Roy Thompson Hall to Rico Coliseum, which is now called the Coca-Cola Coliseum. What? That's so um, cool. Those are my dreams and it means that right now we're working actively on um, sponsorship and trying to connect with companies who believe in the mission believe in what we're doing I love it. and I really want to see this baby grow I love it that is so awesome can I tell you one of my dreams please <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me <laughs> <laughs> but actually since we start like since I started working with you and with Girl Talk Empowerment and since since then um, one of my dreams was to be confident and in a place in my life where I could be a speaker there and come and talk hey. on Girl Talk Empowerment Day so I've never told you that before but oh my goodness yeah that's always been on a little dream of mine in the back of my my brain so that's awesome yeah so this is a part of the process of me getting there of being comfortable to go on stage and be like hey guys what's up this is me this is what I do <laughs> <laughs> I have you're the, doing it the, I host the Namaste podcast. Namaste. Namaste at life. And uh, yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah, girl. So I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. And yeah, don't forget, guys, the motto. I told Katie, actually, funny enough, just the other day, Katie posted uh, a picture on her Instagram. And it's literally the motto that the grass is greenest where you are right now. And just I love it so much because it's such a good reminder to stay present in the moment and just be grateful for what you have because you can never go back in the past and the future just doesn't exist. It's only the present moment. So I love it so much. And I love that you posted it. It was so perfect. I messaged and I was like Katie <laughs> that's the mod of my podcast we're on the same so wavelength aligned. yeah I love it so much anyways guys love you so so much and uh yeah have a fabulous day sending you so much love light and motivation to go tackle those goals namaste If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash just love by Melissa.